listening to the Heidi Ruscio podcast. I'm Heidi, if you didn't know. I'm an ex-radio host that is now a full-time voice talent, actress, and host. Plus, my husband and I own Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, which is a recording facility, but it's also a VO training place. And in the past, I've had a party blog called Parties for Pennies. I've created and pitched a lifestyle talk show, and I love interior design, food, fashion, baking, fitness, and all of the self-help books that I listen to on Audible, if I'm being totally honest. My motto is don't stop, get it, get it. Of course, unless you need a nap. And you can see the sign if you're watching on YouTube. It's right behind me, the neon sign. That's why this podcast is here, to share other stories of female leaders, creators, and innovators. Because whatever you do, you need encouragement. You need support, and you need to know that you're not alone. So that's why the Heidi Ruscio podcast exists. And today's guest is someone that completely lives out the don't stop, get it, get it lifestyle. It's Renee Montgomery, and her list of sports achievements is like, could take up a whole podcast, seriously. But she's, right now, she's currently of the point guard for the WNBA Atlanta Dream Team. She's been a star basketball player. Since high school, she led her school to the state championships. Um, She played for University of Connecticut Huskies, led them to the national championship, then on to the WNBA with the Minnesota Lynx, Connecticut Sun, Seattle Storm, and in 2015, when she was playing for the Minnesota Lynx, they won the WNBA national championship. In 2018, she broke the league record of the most three-pointers made in a half, and she is not stopping. She's acting, and she's hosting, and she's created a foundation called the Renee Montgomery Foundation to help teach kids lessons through sports. So what you're probably wondering and what I'm wondering is, how in the world has Renee achieved so much? And what lessons has she learned along the way that we can all apply? Because here's something about Renee that you may not know. She's not six foot. She's what she calls a life-size person. <laughs> and so we're going to talk to her about how was she able to overcome that in the sports that really a lot of people just think of as taller people sports. Probably sounded very unsportsy talk but I'm not a sports person, but Renee is, and I can't wait to hear Renee's story and share that with you. I want to go back, not way back, (laughs) how far back are you going? But I want to know, like, what was it like growing up in the Montgomery household? Like, just paint the picture for me. (laughs) Oh, the Montgomery household. Well, um... It's all girls, so it was. I have two older sisters, so my my Diddy is uh-huh. that's what I call dad. So he was basically the only man in the house, and but he's like an alpha male, so it was fine because he probably <laughs> couldn't have any other men in right. the house. But <laughs> no, well, growing up, it was interesting because like my family, they're my parents are strict, but they're so playful as well. So mm-hmm. you know, like as long as you're doing the things you're supposed to do, it's like fun and games. But mm-hmm. they're not with the games. Like school was not an option. So my dad's an engineer. My mom was a college professor. So school, that's not like that's nothing to play about. We have to make yeah. sure we have our schoolwork done. Typically, bees are not a thing in our household. So um, my sister went on to be a doctor. My other sister an accountant. So I'm the loser. <laughs> <laughs> So I just went and got a four-year degree at UConn and, and went on to the whole, you know, basketball thing. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm from a family of academics. Yeah. So I would say I'm Did the jock. Did you feel pressure with that? Or was that just like, this is just how it is? Yeah, it was just, I think when you're young and you don't know any better, mm-hmm. that's the norm. Yeah. So, like, I didn't even know that 
that was not normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I didn't know um, my mom was a she also had a tutoring business and everything like that. I didn't know things like that are not normal. So to us, like going to school, I started taking AP classes in 10th grade. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really know that was not the normal thing yeah. to do. So my sisters did it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, it's my turn to take the AP classes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, how things went. Yeah. <laughs> in our family. So did your mom as a professor, I'm sure she taught you a lot, just like yeah. good studying habits and everything. Do you remember some of the things that she taught you that really helped? Yeah. So with my parents, both of them, my my daddy writes a to-do list every single day of his life. Like you could literally have like a mountain of papers every single day. He writes a to-do list because, he, you know, it keeps you on task. So I've obviously taken over that trade. I do one every morning too. And like things you didn't get done yesterday, you move to the top of the list today. And I think the preparation is what mm-hmm. kind of taught me the most. So they taught me how to prepare. They mm-hmm. taught me how to break things down, how to read and go about it. So <clears throat> they taught me the non-lazy way. So, <laughs> you know, like in school, usually you like read till you find the answer, write the answer down, then look at the next question, read to find that answer. So I kind of learned good habits that now I don't even really think about. So I read the whole thing first and then I, I'll go through to try to get the, the answer. So just things like that where it also helped me in sports. Hmm. because I don't how's that in sports I don't cut corners so mm-hmm. I'm if we have a scouting report I'm going to read it even if I know the players I've been in the league 11 years so typically if I look at a scouting report and it's this player I've been playing against for 10 years I typically would know what they they do hmm. but I was just because I'm so used to doing something a certain way I still read the whole scouting report I still go watch the whole film work because it's just a certain way I like to prepare yeah okay so for those of us <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, that aren't exactly sports aficionados. Um, what exactly is a scouting report? Okay, so a scouting report, you get a scouting report before every single game you play. Okay. And it basically tells you, like, this person likes to do this. So Heidi likes to go to her right, and Heidi likes to shoot jump shots ah. in the corner. And so I typically know, since I played against Heidi for 10 years, <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's I know that's what Heidi likes to do. But I still read it just in case you might have added something to your game last year. You might have done something different. Or there's something that you might be filling yourself with now. Heidi likes mm-hmm. to spin. So yeah. <laughs> the scout, the That's scouting me. Report. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a spinner. <laughs> so the scouting report basically tells you, the player tendencies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's. I had no idea. You learn something <laughs> new every day. You're welcome. Okay. So for a family that is really academic, mm-hmm. not as much sports. Like how? Yeah, did, we were actually both. Basketball. Oh, you were both. Yeah. Oh, so, so I, you I, that, guys are just the most amazing family. No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. Um, my so my daddy played football in college. Okay. Uh, that's where he met my snook mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm country um my <laughs> snook and my diddy they met my diddy's like first week on campus um and they've been together married 40 plus years now but he played football in college my sister oldest sister everybody played basketball oh okay so that's kind of how I got into it my older sisters were playing basketball and I was like oh I want to do everything they do I'm the youngest so you right. know you want to do everything and then they started to run track so I want to run track too and then one became a majorette and one became a cheerleader and I was like yeah nah I'm good <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sitting this one out. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just stick to track and basketball. But um, so that's kind of how it, it, it went in my family. Like they they didn't really I think they my sister was kind of prissy. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of bribed my middle sister to play because she didn't like to mess her hair up oh, and all yeah. that. But um, so they kind of had to. So she's the one that went on to be a cheerleader in college and everything. So she she found her her groove. Yeah. Do you remember or was there a moment that was kind of this magic moment for you in basketball where you thought, Okay, wait a minute. 
this is really like, especially you saying that when it came to cheerleading and everything else, you're like, no, that's, that's not for me. Um, was there a moment when you were just like, okay, I know my purpose. Like I know what I'm supposed to do here. I would say there there were multiple moments. One of the first moments I remember is like getting my uh, a college letter. So you know the the college coaches will send you letters in the mail, and the the letters are literally they probably send a hundred a day out. You know, it's like just a quote, and it says from Coach Ariema. You know, and it yeah. has like a quote, and it's and it's just like the fact that wait, first of all, I'm receiving mail because you know when you're young, it's like well, oh. people don't get mail anymore. But when yeah. I was, <laughs> well, it was it was cool when you were yeah. younger to receive some mail. So I was the Gen receiving, Zers are like, wait, what? What's, yeah. What's that? <laughs> yeah, they don't even. Yeah, they have no. They have no idea about going to the mailbox. Yeah. That was fun. Uh-huh. Uh, looking for toys. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting because I got my first letter in the mail, and I was like, wow. So, coach, college coaches know who I am. And then there was a moment where I was playing AAU, and I looked around the court, and there was like thirty different college coaches like sitting on the court w- trying to watch us play. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of crazy. Wow. You know. And then um, I would say. The last thing was when, because I'm from West Virginia, so it's a small town, and that's the reason we have to play AAU because how will the coaches even know? They're not coming to West Virginia to see me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So AAU kind of got us out there. And hmm. for those that don't know what AAU is, it's where you basically take like the best players in that state for us, it was in that state because we're small, and you travel around in the summertime to play okay. against other AAU teams. Yeah. And there was different circuits. There's Nike tournaments, Adidas tournaments, nationals. And so that's how basically we got on the map. Mm-hmm. And, and and then I would say the final moment where I was like, okay, I can do this is when I was a McDonald's All-American. Mm. Because that, like I said, it hadn't really been done in yeah. West Virginia. So to be one of the first people to do something in the whole state was kind of like, first of all, I didn't know I could do it because I've never seen anybody do it before. Yeah. So that was that was the difficult part. It's so amazing because when I look at your um, like accomplishments, I'm like, I mean, you are exceptional. Like you are just an <sighs> exceptional you. person. But from what you, from how you're talking right now, it just sounds like you are a hard worker. You're dedicated. And then it took a while even for you to go, oh. Yeah, I guess I am exceptional. Oh, Is absolutely. that right? Absolutely. And for me, um, I'm really small. So for yeah. I'm life size. So I'm normal size for <laughs> life. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm life size. But in the athletic world, I'm tiny. So mm-hmm. in the athletic world, they call me like bite size. So I have to tell them, look, the planes and everything were made for me. I go into the store. I can buy clothes. You guys can't. <laughs> like, you know, they, they look at me like I'm crazy every day. And I'm like, you guys, I'm normal. Yeah. So it's actually interesting coming back into the normal world um, because I've been submerged in the athletic world for 10 years. And so now when I see people and they're like, oh, yeah, you're a good height. And I'm like, I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I have to like readjust to life. So yeah. so it, it is. But for me, having to be being so small, um, I had to like do extra. Mm-hmm. So I had to make sure that I can shoot better than um, most. I can dribble well because I don't have the athletic ability or the size. So I have to do things to overcompensate for that. Mm. Did you ever feel like that that was a hindrance? I always thought, boy, if I was six feet, they wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be able to handle me. <laughs> no, but, you know, honestly, if I was six feet tall, I might not even have the work ethic I had. Like I mm. think being undersized my whole life um, kind of, gave me that chip on my shoulder and one of the things that I'm known for in the pros is that I'm one of the most consistent people I'm always going to be early I'm always going to have a positive attitude I'm pretty much always going to control my controllables so Mm. that's typically why I've been put in a position of power as being the captain and stuff because 
those are things that I can control. And mm -hmm. me with my size, I can't control my size, but I can control other things. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned in another article was about how much you've learned about discipline through sports. And I totally agree. I think it's sports has such great life lessons. I mean, even Absolutely. just a matter of if you want to try and run a 5K, you know yeah. what I mean? Just training for that yeah. and learning that is there's so many life lessons. If you could share a blueprint of like how to be more disciplined, like how to achieve goals based on what you've learned through basketball, what would that look like? Um, one of the first things I would do, you know, when somebody like writes a goal or a New Year's resolution, mm -hmm. it's this big lofty goal. And that's great because that's the end goal. But I always try to make steps to get to my goal. So that's that's one of my main things that I do. OK, so I want to be in entertainment. I want to do acting. What's the first step? You know, it's not like just going to happen and fall on my lap. So I'm really meticulous about the plan mm -hmm. to get to the goal. So if you want to run a 5K, well, you need to first start eating right. You need to get your body right. So the first things that you can do is go to the grocery store. That's easy. You can do that today. So what can I do today? I can go to the grocery store. What can I do today and tomorrow? Start to work out. Mm -hmm. You're not going to run a 5K overnight. So I always try to just create a plan of action for myself because I feel like that keeps me on task. And mm -hmm. like I told you, we make our list. Yeah. So make so that I, to do list. Yeah, make a list. And I think like I, I'm a firm believer in writing stuff down and, and watching it come into fruition. So I write it down, write my to-do list, and then every day you start to see a little difference. You can see it before people can see it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that starts to be my motivator when I get to a certain point where I'm like, okay, this was really hard yesterday, but it's a little yeah. bit easier today. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things motivate me. Yeah. What about, have you gotten ever, ever gotten discouraged? Where Because there's sometimes, too, where you write those small goals and you just feel like, one, either you're not getting there fast enough. Right. The timing can be a big, tricky thing for us of like, oh, we're not getting there. Yeah. Well, the results timeline, overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but then also life stuff happens. And so do you ever get discouraged or what do you do when you have that to-do list going for the day and like a million things happen and yeah. like nothing gets done or <laughs> Derails something? Derails my Derail. list. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. No, it happens. And that's the thing. And that's the thing about like how bad do you want it? Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's, it's hard. Like uh, it's not easy. It wasn't easy becoming a professional athlete. It was really hard. And when I talk to little kids, I think they want to hear like, oh, yeah, everybody can do it. I'm like, everybody can't do it because everybody's not going to be disciplined enough. Mm -hmm. But everybody has the ability to do it because if you choose to be disciplined, so it's a choice, you know, mm -hmm. it's a choice that we have to make every day. And I think choosing a certain way to go about things is, is a choice you make. So when I tell kids, like, I'm small, they tell me all the time when I go talk to kids, they're like, you're smaller than <laughs> I thought you were going to be. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and I'm just finished my 11th year. So right. how did Ethan feel about that? You know, because... It's good for them to see me because I'm not just your typical athlete. Like when I when I walk into a room, people aren't like, "Oh, that must be a WNBA right. player." She must play basketball. Yeah, I just that I don't get that. So yeah. when I walk into the room, it's usually the reverse. Like, mm -hmm. "Oh, you play? Oh, wow, you okay? Yeah. I thought you guys were taller than that." I'm like, "They are, you know, <laughs> I'm not." So yeah. so I'm kind of a good example for kids because I wasn't really born with super like physical attributes that make mm -hmm. me an athlete yeah. it was it was everything I put into myself mm -hmm. or I should say my parents because they had a big role in it yeah well that actually leads to the next thing I was gonna ask you about which is the Renee Montgomery Foundation yeah. <laughs> so this is a foundation that helps teach kids lessons uh life lessons through sports yes. right tell me how that got started like what what gave you the vision and for that so being from West Virginia um we have no pro sports 
like no NBA, NFL, hockey, nothing. The most we have is a semi-pro baseball team. Um, so, like I said, growing up, it's hard to envision something, especially as a kid, and kids have great imaginations, but it's hard to envision something that you you don't see anyone around you doing. Yes. So when I was younger, I mean, my parents basically was in our ear. My sister wanted to be a doctor, so they're in her ear like, yeah, you can be a doctor. So they're mm-hmm. instilling it into us that even though – in, in West Virginia, there's not very many minority doctors. Right. So my sister, especially female, so my sister was going into a field where she was going to be <laughs> like one of the very, very few, but they still were, you know, pushing it into her. Yeah, do it. Like, yeah, okay, good. You're going to be a doctor. And even for me, they're like, you want to play pro? Or my goal was to get a scholarship. So you want to go D1? Okay, no problem. But you better work every day after you do your homework, you know? So they were instilling that into me. Everybody doesn't have parents that do that. So the things they taught me, I wanted to kind of share, share the wealth almost because I think my parents, I don't even know if they know their system, but it's, it works, you know? Um, so I just wanted to share, there's certain things that you can do in sports and you learn in sports that I think carry over into any lifestyle as far mm-hmm. as having confidence in yourself. Everywhere you go, you're going to have to have your own confidence because people, there's always going to be people that want to bring you down. There's always going to be difficult situations. So you have to have the confidence in yourself. You need to learn how to work with people, be a good teammate. No matter what job you have, even if you're a boss, you have to know how to talk to your employees. So um, you have to have discipline. I think the more discipline, there's certain things you hear most successful people say. And it mm-hmm. starts with discipline where they're doing this and they're doing that. And it's every single yeah. day. So there, these are things that in sports, they're staples. But if people would translate them into life, I think you could be successful as well. Mm-hmm. You know, You've won a lot. <laughs> um, but y- there's also been times where you've lost. Oh, yeah. Right? I remember those more. <laughs> I remember those how, way more. How do you deal with losses? Oh, it was hard because in college, um, even in high school. So in high school, I won three out of the four years. In college, you know, we won a lot of games. We only won one. I say only because UConn now is known for winning. But we only won one national championship. But it was different because during the season – we didn't lose very often. We just, like, you know, we'd lose in the final four, maybe lose two, three times a year. Mm. Then I got to the pros, and it's like, we lost on Monday. We lost on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, here comes Friday. We lost again. So that was like a shock to my system. Like, when I got to the pros, I was like, woo. Like, you don't – and in college, you play, like, once a week, you know. So I can pout for three days about my loss, and then I can get back to it, you know. And when I say pout, that means just in my room because at practice I'm not pouting. But yeah. in the pros, it's like you played on Monday – you have another game on Wednesday, so tomorrow we're preparing for the next game. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of hard for me to adjust to, like, okay, so that happened, <laughs> and just getting ready for the next one. Um, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I don't – I'm one of those players that I just don't take losing well. I'm getting better at it with time. When I say getting better at it, I'm getting better at, like, not overanalyzing every single thing. But mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what also helps me as right. an athlete. Yeah. Okay, so next steps. I know that you've already talked about this before in other platforms, but Mm -hmm. um, your heart is set on acting, and that's been something that you've been kind of dreaming about for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, So tell me about some of the things that you're doing right now to prepare. I know that you talked about, like, I need to think about what's what's after sports, what's after basketball. Yeah, so um – the world probably thought I was crazy. In 2017, <laughs> in 2017, my team with the Minnesota Lynx, we won a championship. And then in 2018, 
I was like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going to Atlanta. And everybody was like, what? Because at that time, Atlanta hadn't, won the, hadn't been in the playoffs. They, they weren't doing very well. Um, so it's kind of like a what are you doing moment. I knew exactly what I was doing, but you know people didn't know. But it was year. It was it was it was time. I felt like um, mm-hmm. not that I don't want to win anymore. Not that we're not going to win in Atlanta, but I felt like this was a good time to branch out and try to work on things while I'm playing basketball. So me taking steps. I'm like the first thing I need to do is take improv and acting classes because not only do I want to act, but I want to do hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be like Heidi, you know. So I want to do Girl, things. You're already. <laughs> I want to do things like that. So I wanted to be prepared. Yeah. Um, so last year was kind of my preparation year in a sense that there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, but it was me getting ready for basically this year where it things kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm going to break something. You heard it here oh, first. What? What? Okay. Um, I actually just got the, the color commentating gig for the Atlanta Skyhawks. It's the Hawks uh, G League affiliate team. Yeah. So I'll be doing that this, this season, which is pretty cool. Thank you. Renee, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So that hasn't even been released yet but um it's happening (laughs) it's happening so that was exciting Mm -hmm. but like I said last year was kind of my preparation year um even being on NBA TV this year almost every Tuesday it's been like so it's it's been it's been really good and and I felt like I was prepared because of what I did last year Mm -hmm. yeah okay and then there's another thing that is a big dream of yours right you know what I'm gonna say dancing with the stars oh yes I want to dance with some stars (laughs) and I need you guys when I do because I like to speak things into existence when I do I need you guys to be nice to me yep I'm an athlete. I'm going to be voting, girl. Like, (laughs) crazy. Please, vote for me. But, no, I think that would be fun just because I dance all the time anyway. Yeah. And I know it's not going to translate over at all because this is, like, real dancing. Yeah. I dance like, ooh, I can cut a rug. I can cut a rug. But they are, like, It's called personality dancing. dancing. That's what I like to – you bring a little personality, a little Renee to the dance floor. And that's good. Yeah. So I'm a professional personality dancer. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay if that's what it's called i'm professional it, at it exactly I dance everywhere but when i get on dancing with the stars they're gonna be like okay no yeah <laughs> okay great no <laughs> so i yeah. love it okay so everyone that is listening we need to write in dancing with the f- stars not write in nobody writes in right tag them tag them yeah. dm them whatever blow them up seriously and yeah. then we'll have to vote okay one awesome. last question for you before you go okay. what does success look like for renee montgomery I think success for me means continually taking the next step. So it's going to be different things. It's going to be, wow, so now I'm a co-host on this show. Next step, maybe get my own show. Or next step, act in this. Or I I feel like I'm going to be someone that always feels like they're ever-evolving and I'm always chasing my next goal. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why it's hard for me to even, when you say, like, you've been so successful and I'm still thinking, like, well... I could have won more. I could have done more. I still have more time. So for me, it's always the next thing, which I know is probably a bad thing because I need to stop and smell the roses. But I'm always looking for my next. Yeah. My next achievement. What's that forward momentum, which is great. And I see that in you. So um, I'm excited just to (laughs) jump on that journey with you and see where the forward momentum takes you. But Renee, thank you so much for not only being here on the the podcast and sharing your story, but being such a great example to so many people. Um, We don't have kids, but I have a mentee and like people like you, I want her to see um, some amazing people like you. So 
Thank you very much. And again, if you want to follow Renee, you know, because you need a tag, Dancing with the Stars, you got to tag Renee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to do that, then I'll have all the information linked up in the Perfect. show notes. Big hi to your so, awesome. Thank, thank you for Renee. having me.